0: Good evening. I have a couple confessions. Um, first, during the first song, I'm assuming that it would be different in another church. The second verse it says "though Satan should buffet," um, I'm wondering since it's a, bu- a Baptist church, we say buffet instead of buffet because that would be gluttony, and and, and we don't um, we don't like to think about gluttony, right? Right. Um, my second confession is, I had a dream the other night about this message, and um, so happens I came to church on Sunday morning and found out I was actually doing the morning service, so the next four hours I was preaching the service, so um, I had to then do a mock message to make sure it really wasn't four hours for your sake, and it wasn't, um, so hopefully we'll be out of here within four hours, but the next four hours of sleep, I was I was a, a little bit of a mess, but... Um, Kind of interesting how that works. Um, Let's go ahead and stand. We'll um, read um, Psalm 139. I'm going to read the first ten verses. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down. You are acquainted with all my ways, for there is not a word on my tongue. But behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit, or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand still shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. You may be seated. Um, God is good. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I had next to zero voice. Um, so um, God is good. I'm able to at least talk. I don't know. Brienne kind of liked it, I think. Um, <laughs> But um, it wouldn't have been so good for um, bringing a message. But um, you see here the title, "The Devils in the Details." Um, there's a question mark after that, and I'll clarify before we get too far into that. I want to tell you a little bit, a little story. Um, I ask for your kind attention to this, and um, I hope that you don't get too bored. But this story is about a lady. Um, we'll reference her as Miss Pink. Okay, she's an average Moundsville woman. She has an average house. Um, two differences with her. One thing is everything is pink. Whole house, everything's pink. Um, the other thing is she lives on a very dangerous turn and um, on a road that's not well maintained. That may not be real different, actually. Um, a lot of people in the area live on bad roads with lots of potholes. But Miss Pink was sitting in her living room one, one day, and Mr. Black was driving, um, swerved to miss a pothole, ran off the road, ended up in her front yard stuck because it was... Um, so happened there was a, a lot of rain at the time and he couldn't get out of the yard so he got out walked across the pink sidewalk up onto the um, pink front porch knocked on the pink door Miss Pink came over um, answered the door and said can I help you Mr. Black said yes ma'am could I borrow your telephone please um, I'm stuck in your front yard I swear to miss a pothole and I am stuck there so she said sure so um, she said, why don't you come in here? This seems to happen all the time. Um, have a seat, and you can call the tow truck. It'll take them 15 or 20 minutes to get here. I'm pretty well um, acquainted with this situation. So uh, Mr. Black sat down in a pink chair and um, used the pink telephone to call the um, tow truck. And while they are waiting, Miss Pink said, could I get you something to drink? And he said, well, sure, that would be great. Um, so she walked over, opened her pink refrigerator, and said, would you like Pepsi or Coke? He said, I'll... How about a Pepsi? And so she get a, got a pink cup out of the cap, pink cupboards, by the way, um, got a Pepsi and gave it to him. They sat at the pink table for a while and drank and talked about, um, you know, current events and politics. The tow truck came, and all was good with Mr. Black. About know, a day, day and a half later, um, Mr. Green's driving down the road, swerves amidst that same pothole, ends up in Miss Pink's front yard. Um, walks across the pink sidewalk, up on the pink front porch, knocks on the pink door, and Miss Pink greets him and says, can I help you? And she said, wait, before you say anything, let me guess. You're stuck in my front yard because you dodged the pothole. He said, that's amazing. How did you know that? She said, it happens all the time. Come on in. You can use my telephone. You can sit down and we'll, um, chat, see what we have in common. So, walked across the pink carpet, and sat at the, um, pink dining room table called on the pink telephone waiting for the tow truck and Miss Pink said could I get you something to drink he said well sure that'd be great so she walks across the floor opens the pink refrigerator and says um, I have Pepsi or Coke he said mm, how about a Pepsi so she pours Pepsi into a pink cup and they sit at the pink table and they talk about their high school days um, Trying, they happen to know each other from way back when um, tow truck comes and pulls him out and no problem life is good um next day, um, Mr. Yellow is driving down the road, swears to Mr. Pothole, ends up in the front yard, um, stuck again. So he walks across the um, yard up onto the pink porch knocks on the pink door. And Miss Pink comes and greets him and says, can I help you? And she, he says, yes, could I please borrow your telephone? I'm stuck in your yard. And she says, well, sure, come on in, have a seat, and um, I'm sure you can get this taken care of. It seems to happen all the time. So... Um, He calls on the pink telephone, and while they're waiting, Miss Pink says, Could I get you something to drink? No, I'm hoping not. In the dream it was, but I'm hoping it's not. Um, Now I have to start over. (laughs) So uh, um, so, um, while they're waiting on the tow truck, she says, Could I get you something to drink? He says, Sure, that'd be great. And so she opens the refrigerator and says, Pepsi and Coke. And he's like, "Uh, How about a Coke? And so she pours Coke into a pink cup, and they sit at the pink table and um, talk about good times. So I'm going to stop right there, just for your sake. I'll stop right there. Um, Can anybody tell me what's going on with this story? She put the bottle up in (laughs) there. So um, actually, the moral of this story is two out of three people in Moundsville choose Pepsi over Coke. Okay? Um, So Good job. What the reality is, most people completely forgot about all of it because all I said was pink, 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 pink. And, um, you know, I kind of do that as a joke, but quite often we're in the middle of a conversation and we don't like the color of someone's shoes or we don't like that they say um, um, or they keep saying like or different mannerisms, and we completely miss the whole point of the conversation because we don't pay attention to the detail of what they're saying because we're so... Um, you know, engulfed in the big things, the things on the outside. So, um, it's kind of a funny little way to, um, point that out. So, we want to talk about the devil's in the details. And again, I have a question mark there, but one of the things I feel is the most challenging part of living as a Christian is day to day living. You know, we, I mean, it's easy to, big scale, be a Christian. You know, what is it? ABC, right? We say it's as easy as ABC. If it wasn't easy, we wouldn't say that. Um, but the day-to-day living, the obstacles we face, the variables we face, um, we often struggle with that. Why? Because if we have a big test coming up, a procedure, or a medical procedure, um, what have you, a job interview, we pray like crazy about that because that's a big event, uh, something really significant. We're going to pray about that. But do we pray about all the small things each and every day that are going on? We often, we can take care of those, right? You know, we only need God for the big things. It's kind of a mindset. Um, so that day-to-day living it really becomes a challenge because we leave God out of it. And that's what gives rise to this phrase, the devil's in the details. Because when we put God out, um, the devil uh, is still there. Satan is working overtime all the time. And when we shot God out, then it's an opportunity. So then in the details, you know, he's, not often involved in the big thing because we have prayer warriors for that we have prayer lists and we're um on fire but it's it's the details but my question is if the devil's in the details then where is god um again god is where we let him be but i would um argue and i would challenge that He is in the details, if we allow him. We read here in um, Psalm 139 that he is everywhere. We're going to do a little bit of um, scripture surfing, I guess, to say. um, I'll have the verses up here so you don't have to flip to all of them. But I want to point out seven points and seven different areas of our lives that um, God is present in the details. And if we can figure that out and we can let him be part of those details... I think we'll notice a big um, difference in how we um, communicate with God. So the first one um, is the Lord knows our name. So can you guys read this. And I tried to make them as big as I could without making a different slide for everyone. Um, so John ten chapter three. We're going to do two verses in John ten. In chapter three it says, To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Um, if you guys have a red print Bible, you'll notice that there's this is red print this is Christ speaking, but um, the key point here is the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name okay so um, do we do we think that Christ knows our name? if we don't realize it, it says it here that um, the that God knows our name now. Kind of a, another funny point, um, how often have you had a conversation with somebody you forgot their name? And then my grandmother, um, Lord rest her soul, she would go through all of her sons, which were three of them, then all of her grandsons before she got to me, who was the youngest grandson, when she wanted something. Um, now I'm starting to see it coming with my mom. They just go through all the things. Um, as Christians, one of the funny things is, and we're pretty good at pulling this off, just call them brother. If you don't know their name, call them brother. Um, you know, that's an acceptable way to acknowledge somebody. So, sometimes we know their names, and it's, and we call them brother. Other times, we're calling you brother because we don't know your name. Um, just a little secret there. But, um, we see here that it, it says, um, you know, the shepherd, um, or the, the doorkeeper opens the door, and the sheep hear his voice. And what? He calls them by name. If we just look over a few verses to verse 14 in John chapter 10, it says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. And Here's a, a key part. And am known by my own. Okay, So again, he knows a sheep. But what's the important part here? He is known by his sheep. So um, think of any pet. Think of your dog. Do you think your dog knows the difference between you as their owner and some other random person? Absolutely. They know your voice. They they know your actions. That's what it's saying here, that Christ knows us, and we are expected to know him. And how do we know him? It's through a personal relationship. Um, you know, how do you get to know somebody? Uh, how do you, you share the infinite or the finite details of things with your best friends, right? You don't share them with everybody. Well, some people do on Facebook. But um, you have your best friends, and certain people that you only share the small details with. And that's because you've gotten to know them. You trust them. And it's saying here that that's what God has with us. He, has, he desires that personal relationship, that one where he knows us and knows our names, but also that we would know him. Um, and preeminence, that's a, that's a very difficult concept um, with preeminence of Christ. I read a thing, and we talked about this in Sunday school this morning that the difference between our love for Christ and our love for the the next in line say our children, the next in line you know you you put a lot of people put their children on a pedestal we can 't think of anything that we could love more than our children, but the love of Christ compared to the love of our of our children should be the difference between love and hate. Think about that for a second that 's amazing um, the to be able to love. Um Christ that much, and so what think to yourself, what does it take for that? Because I can tell you in my life there's been a long time leading up to that that I wasn't anywhere close to that you know and I think we could all say that you you know you know about Christ you know and you make that decision but but it takes a long time to truly know Christ and to make him preeminent in your life, but again, in order for this this type of um, knowledge, and he, again, he knows our name, but in order for him to be involved in the minute details of everything, we have to be willing to share those with him. Not that he doesn't know, but um, we must have that strong personal relationship. Second one is, the Lord has numbered our hairs. Um, go ahead if, you, if you're following along, you can flip to uh, Matthew chapter 10, verse 30 and 31. It says, but the very number of hairs on our head are all numbered. Um, do not fear. Therefore, you are more valued than many sparrows. So, um, Don, I I apologize that he, you have less hairs than others. But, um, I only say that because Dave's not here. I, I always say, well, you're the head's the shiniest one in the room right now. And so, but, um, but imagine that, that God numbers the hairs on our head. What does that say for us? says that he cares about our well-being every detail of our well-being you know is the number of hairs you have important per se no but the fact that god cares about our well-being and every single detail of our well-being shows that he truly is in the details i mean he's what we call in the business world he's in the weeds you know we're i mean he's deep into what we're doing if that is significant of significance to him and it should be third one the Lord has counted our steps um, in job chapter 31 verse 4 says um, does he not see my ways and count all my steps again God not the number of steps doesn't matter but God knows every step of our journey in this world um, I don't know has anybody ever heard of footprints in the sand it's a poem and it's a great reference to this it very um, weakly paraphrase, it's a kind of a conversation with God and it says, God, through all my troubled time, or through all my life you've, you know, you've always walked with me and there's been two sets of footprints in the sand but I noticed that in the most difficult times in my life there's only one set of footprints and so I ask you, why is it that you leave me during the most difficult times of my life and God's response is listen, during the most difficult times in your life that's when I had to carry you and so, it's, um, again, God, it's not significant the number of steps that we take, but it is significant that God knows every step we take, God knows every step that we're going to take, and God is concerned about that because that is the detail that helps us glorify God when, we can, when our steps can be protected by God. Um, number four, the Lord bottles our tears. In um, Psalm chapter 56, verse eight and nine, it says, "You number my wanderings, put my tears in your bottle, they are not in your book. When I cry out to you, then my enemies will turn back. This I know, because God is for me. So again, God is for me. That's a, an interesting um, statement. It doesn't say God is before me. And if he was before you, he's walking out in front of you. Um, if he's for you, what does that mean? I mean, he's before you. He's behind you. He's beside you. What's the key part? He's inside you. Um, God is everywhere. You know, he is, he knows every sorrow that we have. And another key part here, he is on our side. Um, what's that they say that if, um, God is for us, then who can be against us? Again, um, he bottles our tears. He knows our sorrows. Um, is it important that we have sorrows? Absolutely, and we'll talk about that a little more, but um, that helps us understand the our own need for God and our own need for um, prayer within our lives. Um, next one, the Lord hides our lives. Um, Song of Solomon, not a book that we um, jump to all the time, but um, chapter 2, verse 14, it says, Oh my dove, in the clefts of the rock, in the secret places of the cliff, let me see your face. Let me hear your voice. For your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. Um, if you think of a cliff, it's often a kind of a prominent part of the hillside that you can really see. But it, this says in the clefts of the rocks, and after that it says in the secret places of the cliffs. The, you know, if it's sticking out, then there's places then that are shadowed or hidden. And so, even in those um, deep, dark places. It says, let me see your face. Let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. Um, so this is significance that God hides our lives. He protects us. Um, we don't really have to worry about our security because we know that God has our back. And, you know, He's protecting us, even in the places where um, others may think that we're hidden from God. And we cannot hide from God. Um, also, if you look at Colossians chapter 3, verse 3, it says, For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Again, um, we died, but what else happened at the same time? We were reborn. We were reborn in Christ, and that protection is our security. And if we continue to rely on that security, again, we cannot hide or have, um, keep God out of the details of our lives. one: The Lord supplies our every need. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, it says, And my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. This is an interesting verse because a lot of people will use this as a justification. You know, I need a new Corvette. Um, You know, God will supply my need. Well, there's a big difference between need and want. Um, You know, what is need? Our needs are promised to be supplied. Sometimes the... Most important need, think about this is the feeling of need i 'll say that again sometimes the most important need is the feeling of need. Um, what happens when you when you feel like you need something, then you begin thinking about your reliance on God. Think about what I said early on. we rely on God for the the big things because we need God during those medical procedures and during those, those losses and their struggles but um, that feeling of need sometimes is truly the need that who's going to fulfill that God you know, when we then are brought to our knees in prayer and then that is when God says I'm here um, I'm supplying your need but he had to um, provide us with that opportunity to see that and then the abundance of our supply may depend on what we do um, if, you, if you think about that for a little bit, you know, um, what are we doing to glorify God? And, um, you know, the abundance of our needs uh, may differ accordingly. Um, then the seventh one the Lord brings us all home. This is like the, the um, icing on top of the cake. I guess in John chapter 14, verse 1 to 3, it says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to, to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Um, I'm assuming everybody has heard that scripture before. It's a very um, good um, Thought-provoking scripture, I should say. In my house, in my father's house, are many mansions. He doesn't say there's campgrounds, um, there's trailer parks, there's housing developments. He says there are many mansions, it's because it doesn't matter um, your standing on earth. It, what matters is that um, we allow God into the details of our lives, and that we do what we can to glorify Him, and that He'll bring us all home. He says that if it were not so, I would have told you. You know, he's he's honest with us. How honest are we with him? Um, and let's be honest: the the world can't take our soul, um, it can't take our salvation. That is secure. But what can the world take? It could take our eternal rewards if we let them. And let the world take our eternal rewards. So, what do what must we do to protect our eternal rewards? Um, I say, you know, do you believe in destiny? It's kind of a cliche thing to say, but I believe that we have a destiny. I believe we also have a destination, and that's right here. That Destiny is the Lord's going to bring us home. And what is our destination? Our destination is in one of these mansions in our Father's house. So um, what is it, what what must we do? Um, it's quite simple and complex all at the same time. All we can do is be faithful. Um, what does that mean? We have to be completely committed um, to God in all of the details. You know, um, being faithful and being lax cannot go together. Uh, you know, faithful and full effort must go together. We have to be um, give our full effort. Let's think about Noah for a second, um, building the ark. Does anybody know what Noah's background was? I don't. Um, it's not outlined in the Bible. Um, it doesn't say he's a Shipbuilder or a carpenter, but what does he do? He builds a ship out of wood. Um, How does he do that? He listens to God. God tells him to do it. He does it. God gave him all of the details, you know, all the dimensions, all the measurements. He told him what to do, and he did it. So, if you're not a good speaker or you're not comfortable in crowds, that's okay, but you're faithful then god will help you to do that um think of the apostles um fishermen tax collectors you know they're not what you would think as your prototypical um disciples yet god prepared them they were faithful at times i mean did they falter absolutely we all falter but um when they were faithful god prepared them and sent them out and was very successful in accomplishing the goals set forth. So, again, how do we be faithful? It's not something we can do half-heartedly. It's not something we can do, you know, with our leftover energy. It's something we have to do with our full amount of energy. I'm going to close with a video. Um, It's from a movie that's an all-time great movie. It's called Facing the Giants. But this... um, small clip is perhaps I don't know I'm not a movie critic but to me one of the most influential few minutes of a of any movie I've ever watched um, it really speaks to the um, at, you know our attitude toward being faithful with god and it, it's actually called the death crawl scene so um at least you want we're gonna try to play it you Thank mm-hmm. you. situations, whoa, how many times have we encountered situations when we would not have given that kind of effort? I would venture to say quite often, I'm guilty, Um, you know, because it becomes tough um, because we don't know the outcome. And, again, the significance of it being blindfolded, because when we can see the outcome, we can dodge the obstacles instead of encountering them head on. But, again, um, how often do we negotiate with our body to find more strength? Um, without giving up on God. So I would challenge you guys, um, again, think about these um, principles that we talked about. Think about the concept of God putting obstacles in our way rather than taking them out of our way, because that's going to make us stronger, and that's going make to make us depend on him for the details. So um, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to gather in your house. Lord, we thank you for... Um, your desire to be part of the big things in our lives. But Lord, we thank you um, for wanting to be part of the details of our lives. Lord, not only the details, but every single detail in our life. Lord, you've called us to be faithful, um, faithful to glorify you, faithful to serve you. Um, and Lord, we just we saw in a video, um, but Lord, we see throughout the scripture, that being faithful to serve you um, comes with maximum effort. God, I just pray that each of us could um, negotiate with our bodies to find the strength without giving up on you. Lord, that we could serve you with everything that we have and everything that we say and everything that we do. pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.